Well, it's sci-fi Saturday night. Oh, that's right. I uh, listen, and this is good. Thank you for having me on. This is Adam West, and AdamWest.com. Don't forget that AdamWest.com. We have so many goodies for you. Tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me too easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It will make us guilty to tell us the truth. Confess and test that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. In 2019, all Area 51 recordings of Sci-Fi Saturday Night are being enhanced with not only multivitamins, but more than seven essential audio nutrients to help augment your listening experience. Tonight, in episode 407, we look forward with great excitement to listening to people talk. Interesting? God, I hope so. Candy floss for the years? Absolutely. On staff for tonight's podcast are our violent audio virtuoso sitting in at the Sci-Fi Saturday Night Gaming Pavilion and Help Desk, Kriana. You can tell she's starting to feel better because that's a new sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) Reference librarian to robots and other non-human sentience with her newest degree in crypto numismatics. Please join me in welcoming Zombrarian. Numismatics sounds like there's numbers in it, and I don't do that. Oh, it could have been philately, but that just sounds dirty, and I decided not to use it. How are you, dear? Ah, <coughs> uh, ah, uh, and, and somewhere you go ahead. I didn't actually know that people did still get black lung. I thought uh, it was yes. some, I thought it was like polio where you don't actually get that anymore. Um, and come to find out that there's plenty of cleaning still going on. Yep. Oh, and the cat says hi. Well, the cat always says hi one way or the other, but thank you, cat. I'm assuming that's Lyra tonight. That is Lyra tonight. You gotta turn the microphone off, kitten. Okay, here we go. Ready? <laughs> and somewhere off in the distance is three card Monty enthusiast, a guy who likes shiny stuff, awake by Java. Uh, if he's, is he here? I'm here. I'm buying, <laughs> I'm buying a euro. euro. Oh, that sounds exciting. And uh, hopefully you'll you'll have a better uh, connection while you're eating it. We will we will hope for the best on that. And me, I I'm just your host, the man with the dream of Kipple. They call me the Dome. Tonight we we get to talk for the second year in a row to the gentleman who's had the dream 
of uh, turning Philip K. Dick and his dystopian views of the world into a film festival. Uh, Dan Abella, Dan, welcome back to Sci-Fi Saturday Night for a second year. Yeah, thank you for having me again, Dom. Hey, it's always it's always fun to have you on the show because, first of all, Philip K. Dick is uh, a, a personal favorite of mine. So that wins, number one. But number two, to have a, a film festival that embraces the worldview and concepts and precepts that uh, Dick wrote about is uh, turned out to be a really wonderful thing. And was uh, is this like the third year it's been in New York? Well, actually, no. This is the seventh year has been in New York. We started in twenty December 2012. Wow. Wow. I wish I'd known about it earlier because I would have been there from the very beginning. But yeah. but this year, you've done something incredibly wonderful slash foolish slash uh, uh, amazing, which has turned the, the festival into a bi-coastal event over two weekends. That's right. Yes. And and being even more gallant and foolish, two consecutive weekends, so that you don't even give yourself a break in between. You finish one, fly across the country to the other, and pick up right where you left off. That's pretty much what's going on. We always end up doing taking on bigger and bigger challenge, bigger and bigger challenges. So that's uh, the name of our game. And even sillier, if I might call it that, while it's only the, the, the typical two days in, in New York City, it is four days out on the West Coast. With, That's right. With, with one day in L.A. and three days in uh, Santa Ana, California, in, in Orange County. So, I mean, uh, you've got your work <laughs> cut oh, out yes. for I'm you. I'm definitely beginning to realize that, yes. Well, with three weeks to go, it's a good time to know it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just getting ready for anything and anything and everything. Well, you've got a lot of stuff locked down, and the website is a simple uh, font of of incredibly weird stuff. Uh, you know, if you, I, I noticed – one thing slightly different, or maybe I'm just noticing it more, but I don't recall there being an awful lot of web series that were in encompassing the, the festival uh, in the past year or two, but I did see a number of them this year. What, yes, uh, that's right. Oh, I was right. That makes one in a row. I'm feeling so much better off. Yeah, you were able, that's a good call. Absolutely. We have a few more this year than last year. Uh, I think the number is increasing. And uh, we it's not only the number, but the quality of the web series. So we're just, uh, we look for – some of them tend to be very – well, they just in terms of thematically not in alignment with the festival. But we found that there were enough of them this year to make it worthwhile to include it in the festival. Now, you haven't actually, though, which I think is even more wonderful, you haven't made them a separate 
part, but you've integrated web series into the short films, which is a, right. a, a wonderful place for you to put them. What made you decide to do that? Well, you know, a lot of short films today have a uh, – they don't have the formal no, uh, beginning, middle, and end. Uh, a lot of them look like uh, trailers. Uh, they, they look like uh, almost like uh, a uh, proof of concept. So it, it struck me that given that the narrative structure of a short is already changing, why not include web series into it? In fact, you could consider a web series to be like a mini short. I mean, you watch episode one or episode two, episode three. So generally, they're, what we show at the festival is just one or two of the many episodes that they already have. So it, it fits very nicely with the, uh, the overall uh, theme of uh, the shorts program. And the other thing is, in general, we don't like to bore people with any one theme, uh, whether it be a block devoted to web series or a block devoted to shorts, or because I find that people often want something different. Um, that's why we, we mix everything up. And generally, the themes that we've been using this year still are the same as in year one, which is one, the international sci-fi shorts, which is, I think, is, is always very compelling. Uh, uh -huh. Best of PKD shorts. Then we have uh, uh, docu uh, documentaries from the edge, which are uh, whether it could be uh, they're paranormal or it could be more mainstream uh, scientific explorations. And then we have uh, supernatural feature and supernatural and uh, of course uh, science fiction feature. And and then we also have a horror sci-fi, which is a, a little a combination of both. In uh, in that, so we this has proven to be very. Uh, very effective, and we find that people really like that that program setup. Well, if you're going to sit in a theater for three, four, or five hours at a pop, you can either watch two long movies or 17 or 18 shorts. And within that span of 17 or 18 shorts, you can certainly uh, hit a diversity of different themes, styles, concepts. Uh, so the real question that that I got to ask is what's the criteria you go through? Because as, as I'm going through the festival list, I'm seeing that there are some movies that, hi, this is their seventh or eighth festival. They've been in a whole bunch of stuff. Then there's, there's the, the ones that this may be the first thing they've ever been in or the first place this will ever be seen to, to, to well, a large premier, audience. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, uh, we look at various uh, criteria. Uh, first is, uh, does the film reflect some of the basic themes underlying the Philip K. Dick universe, which is, what is the nature of reality? Uh, parallel universes. What does it mean to be human? Um, are robots, uh, the nature of, of, of cyborgs, so the nature of humanity in the in the in the presence of an AI system, um, they yeah that's one thing we look at films that reflect that or that explore that, and then we also look at films that explore the near future, near sci-fi, which is developments that are just gonna take place around the corner, uh, dealing with the be marketing or the surveillance or how marketing is being used to basically collect data on everyone, 
Um, and that which is very Dickian in, in nature, uh, the interaction between the mental or psychological states and the um, technological uh, uh, realities. Uh, so that's another theme. And of course, if that the, if we don't find a film that fits in those categories, then we'll look at introspective themes, people dealing with the, the outsider, feels kind of uh, uh, left behind by the progress of the culture and how does he retain his dignity in, in the face of a dehumanizing world. So it, it gives us a lot to work with. In, in general, though, what you'll find is most of our films tend to be a little bit more serious or dystopian than your average sci-fi festival, which has a wider range from very kooky, corny, midnight-style films to very serious films. So we tend to really focus on more of one band, of the, which is darker, paranoia, uh, dystopia, uh, totalitarianism, surveillance, watch your back, you're being watched, that kind of thing. And I find that that helps in uh, focusing on that, helps a lot in uh, bringing people together, because I do think that's the, those are the themes that are running in today's culture much more than the funny, carefree sci-fi of yesterday. Well, there, there's uh, always been the, the edge of, of uh, Philip Dick uh, in everything that, that you bring out in these festivals. One way or another, there's an identifier uh, or, or, or a conceptualization that you can go, yeah, there it is. Do you ever find uh, somebody who's uh, a uh, a submission that you just can't find that in? That we can't find anything anything that's uh, well. Generally, those submissions <laughs> those films won't be accepted into the festival. I mean, unless the right, film right, is right. really and, and there there will be films that that are absolutely fantastic. They're like Hollywood films. In the sense, in terms of the production design, and it shows that that the person has unbelievable talent, and is someone to be dis- should be discovered, uh, whether or not it uh, it's in alignment with the philokatic uh, mindset. It's secondary. If, if it takes us to that level, we will include those films. We've had, for instance, we've had films that dealt with. Uh, uh, we've had a couple of them, and even even one in this year's festival that could be compared to what you might have seen in some of Michael Bay's uh, films. Uh, uh, the, uh, what's the, uh, the film with the, the robots? Uh, forget the... Uh, uh, the Transformer uh, films? Transformers, yeah. I mean, but the, the effects are mind-blowing. I mean, I just see them as this guy has serious talent. Just keep in mind that uh, Benicio Del Toro a few years ago was uh, looking through some shorts in the internet he found he was very impressed with a couple uh, filmmakers, and he went ahead and reached out to them. And I think uh, they went ahead and made a film a few years back, uh, one of the uh, robot films. I, I can't remember now. But so we're always looking for really, really good talent. So if, if the talent is there, we said, well, it's a shame not to include it, even though it may, it may not be uh, – in alignment with uh, the dystopia or paranoia, if it's just really, really good, and and the person did it with very limited budget, he needs to he should be discovered. So that's those those are we make some exceptions. That will, occasionally we'll have some 
comic relief. Because we find that's also helpful. We build a lot of tension through dark totalitarianism or surveillance or paranoia. Every so often you'll find you want to throw something a left ball so people can get a chance to uh, release some of that built up tension and then we bring it back. Monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we bring it back with more dark films and so on. So that's how we, you know, so you can't have, give them a steady diet. Otherwise I'll just uh, leave very early <laughs> in the festival. So, but, one, of the uh, things, one of the things yeah, that I've noticed, uh, over, uh, over the past couple of years with the, uh, with the films that have been brought to the festival is that as the cost of technology uh, has decreased, there are more and more just flagrantly independent films, uh, some of short duration, some of medium length, some full length, completely uh, independent films that are, are turning out to be absolutely amazing. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So where the finds that are just kind of uh, uh, just amazing for, for, for us to watch. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it gives that person with, with limited money but uh, unlimited ideas uh, the chance to show what they have and be in the same league, in the same ballpark with these other films. That's right. That's right. I mean, uh, good storytelling, uh, good uh, characterization. It's uh, it cannot be uh, duplicated with just fancy special effects. If you really, that's uh, we all look at that. I mean, you got to have strong stories and how these stories reflect some of the underlying uh, uh, tensions that our people are going through in this culture. And there's. I'd say people – I see more and more films that are critical of the rampant use of uh, iPhone and Android and how that's really <laughs> turning everyone into near cyborgs. That was a few years ago. We, we would never see that, but now I see more. I see more films that are critical of the, uh, of, the, of the political climate we live in with fake news, disinformation, surveillance, paranoia, uh, and also of the, corp- of the corporate uh, or overarching corporate uh, – thinking that's going on uh, everywhere you go. So uh, insofar as science fiction is a reflection of the underlying tension and worries of the culture, these these shorts and features are very successful at that, which they're actually highlighting what, what we're experiencing, but in a way that's entertaining, but also in a way that's, uh, that it gives you pause for, 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 for thinking, for, well, what if this actually happens or will happen? What, what do we do then? So, um, so some of the best insight yeah. is is when the these films are are telling us yes this is what's happening be it disinformation be it uh corporate uh under undermining uh the world uh drug companies whatever but they do it right. in such a way that they they tell it to us they tell us a good story about it and as dark right. as Philip Dick got, he always had a good story. Sometimes that was all he had. He never read – there There are some short stories you look at, and there's really no beginning. There's really no end. But there's one hell of a middle. <laughs> right. 
Right. I, that's it. I mean, and even his stories don't have uh, a, a really a hell of a lot of science fiction. They really the science fiction sometimes is in the background, which incorporated into the into the story. It's not. They don't. It's not. You. They're very. There's there's a little bit of, but just enough to spice it up. The focus is more on this man or or woman going about his uh, day to day work, and he's confronted with a, a larger challenge. You know. Uh, so. Yeah. And that, um, uh, and, and I think that's very important because uh, we can leave it up to uh, the Hollywood mainstream to keep giving us the old recycled Tom Cruise uh, uh, and um, films or Arnold Schwarzenegger or whomever is the next superhero. I mean, uh, this is an alternative to that where we, we don't see too many superheroes. We see more average everyday person who can rise to the occasion. Of a superhero, or sometimes, that, or sometimes fail, and by his failure, teaches us about it. I mean, exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it, it's a wonderful way in which the alternatives give us the chance to to visit these things. So, in, in a purely technical question, right. how many films? I mean, I, I looked at. Uh, the four days in L.A. and the two days in uh, New York. And there's about 60 or 70 different films there. And there may actually be more. How many do you actually get in submission? And what's the process for, uh, for, for a writer to submit a film? And what happens afterwards? Well, we get over a thousand films uh, any given year. Um, the process is very simple. We have a core team of uh, programmers that have been with us. Uh, more, oh, I think uh, most of them are filmmakers who have uh, were filmmakers, and they sort of experience and deal with the difficulties of, of being a filmmaker. So we'll look at a film from different angles. If it's a uh, good storytelling, we may be forgiving if the if the, if the visual effects are a bit uh, uh, weak, or if it's strong. Um, narrative, strong plot, again. So we look at that uh, as uh, first and foremost, and uh, second is just the visual effects. I mean, uh, we're looking for something that's different. I mean, this year we have a good number of experimental films and features in our festival. And uh, and so that's also, we open the door to people who want to play with the medium. Um, be just like Philip K. Dix's shorts, then sometimes they have a, a, a beginning. They just start there or didn't have an end. Similarly, we are open to films and shorts that have that, but have done in a way that's uh, engaging and that, that tells the story, you know. So um, the general way of submitting is that we have various platforms uh, whereby you can submit the festival. You can submit it directly to us at our, at our uh the Philokadic Film Festival, and there are a variety of other platforms that film uh, platforms that people can use to um, to make the festival to us. So, but the process is we have about a, a dozen or so uh, judges that have been uh, on and off with us for the last uh, seven years. So we sort of circulate the films. Most films get at least two or three viewings, and I get to see all of them. I mean, every one of them, I get to see at least half of it. So I can uh, want to make sure. Yeah, well, it's, it's, I, well, put it to you this way. After the festival, I want nothing to do with sci-fi films. <laughs> I mean, read a little bit. But people say, well, did you watch um, 
The You're not going to see uh, a Marvel superhero movie after the festival? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I might. Yeah, on my way to California on <laughs> on their video, but it, it's been a while since I even went to the movie theater. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, to, to see the big, big on the big screen. I'll watch him on uh, video, or, or I'll watch him at other festivals. But uh, there is, uh, we, well, I definitely get to see a lot of films. And um, for a while, I kind of have to, uh, de- I would say, decompress from all these uh, films. But not for long, because we always have another festival around the corner. Like this very moment, we're we're planning our European festival in. Uh, well, it's just a more like in one day you know, screenings in France and in Germany. But this is the biggie. This is the one that really uh, always takes up a lot of the work and, and, and focus and so on. So um, it's... Uh, well, this is this is the one that got you started. This was... This yeah, was absolutely, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so correct. This, That's correct. This, this is the one that everybody knows and everybody, you know, who's, who's working absolutely. in the genre wants to be in. <coughs> yeah. Well, so, you know. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say that uh, originally uh, we were going to just do the. This year we did. We decided to have the festival uh, in Santa because of um, that's where Philip K. Dick last lived. Right. That's the last seven years of his life. He wrote two major novels, and this is something we've been thinking about for the last couple of years. You know, doing one in California. Um, so, uh, and I hooked up with a, uh, friend of mine whom I knew back from 2012 when he asked me to, um, connect him with John Allen Simon, who had directed Radio Free Albemuth. Uh, and, uh, he happened to live in Santa Ana. So I said, well, why don't I reach out to him? I went ahead and I called him and we, you know, we're talking a little bit about it, and then he uh, we applied for a small grant from the city, and we got it back in July. And with that, as well as with our own uh, core assistance, we're able to do this, um, put together a festival in um, Santa Ana. Now, as for LA, you know you you might know that 2019 is the year where Blade Runner takes off, takes place. So we thought <laughs> this is very uh, good for us to have both a festival. In L.A., even though it's a one-day event, and also one in Santa Ana. Um, and last, and I'm going to ask you a question, but do you, yeah, yeah. you know originally where, where the term Blade Runner comes from? I do not. Okay, so Blade Runner is a short story that was written by William Burroughs back in the 50s. Oh. Well, it 50, late 50s, early 60s. So I didn't know that until maybe a year or so ago and it turns out there's a film that uh, is being re-released it's called Taking Tiger Mountain Revisited it's starring Bill Paxton the young Bill Paxton of only 19 years old in his first <laughs> film and it's, well, he plays a man basically a brain uh, a drifter who is, brain, who is basically brainwashed by this syndicate who are intent on having him uh, having the Welsh minister be assassinated, so he's uh, most of the films just sort of meandering about. It's not don't expect a strong plot line. It's more of an experimental feature, but the uh, but it's interesting watching it from that perspective, and it's loosely based on Blade Runner. So I thought, okay, this is also another way of uh, 
representing. You know, we are in L.A. We show a film here in New York that's uh, loosely based upon Blade Runner. And we have Bill Paxton, young Bill Paxton. So, you know, this is how we connect all these films together. You know, there's uh, there's always a thread that runs through all these shorts and features. Uh, so let's, you know, uh, the, I'm looking forward to the one in California. I have actually a good number of directors uh, who are coming to the festival. I would say they're PKD alumni now whose films were shown in past years, and they'll be attending our festival just to uh, more spectators or just uh, maybe some panels. So uh, it, it's really, I'm looking forward to that. And I also want to make sure that New Yorkers get still a chance to watch, to see some of these films as well. And uh, Yeah, there's not a lot of crossover, but there is some. And I think that's kind of wonderful that, you know, yeah. uh, you're, you've got very diverse uh, sets in, in each of the uh, – in each of the uh, coasts, but more importantly, uh, on Thursday you're in LA at the Echo Park Film Center. But Friday, Saturday, right. and Sunday you move to the Apple Club in, in Santa Ana. And that's right. uh, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I and got it. A, <laughs> yeah, and that's only a stone throws away from where Philip K. Dick lived. And uh, right. I think the, the uh, it's maybe about a block away from where he lived in a I think in a condo at that time. And um, it's uh, and there is a famous picture where he's like leaning against, where he's wearing one of his, his raincoat, you know, and he's a mm-hmm. uh, uh, beige raincoat and he's kind of leaning against uh, the wall. Well, that that was by the Ebo Club or near the Ebo Club. So it's. Uh, uh, I'm hoping to get to have some walking tours actually, or during the day, when people are not watching films, we'll probably sit in the morning, get you know, walk around and have a little uh, tour of where he is. Uh, there, there, there's a few remaining places that uh, I think that I think the Trader Joe's is still there, and um, it'd be interesting to see that. Um, so I mean, it, it's not it's going to be more of an immersive experience than just going there and watching films. You know, that's I'm hoping to have uh, a cosplay on uh, Saturday as well. We'll have a book reading of one of, uh, based on a play of Isaac Asimov's. Um, and basically there is a, uh, uh, a kind of kingship that we're trying to create, we're building here, you know, mm-hmm. for people who attend our festival. And, uh, uh, and, and, and the result has been that as many of the filmmakers went on to invite us to have our festival in their cities. I mean, we did we done a festival in two cities in Poland, in Łódź and Białystok, and uh, we done we're doing festivals in Germany. We done one in Rotterdam. We done one in uh, we may be planning one in London, small one, very small, um, this year along with the France and Germany. So, and this is the work of filmmakers who love Philip K. Dick, and they want to, you know, they want to share this and have us there, and, and they help us promote the festival. It's a collaborative effort, which is the, the, the good thing about all this, you know. One of the Santa Ana special events on, on Friday, which is March 15th, <clears throat> excuse me, is the first block, uh, which is the Santa Ana Sci-Fi Short Film Filmmaker Challenge. That's right. That's right. 
Tell, tell us a little bit about what that is. Well, for those who don't know, Santa, uh, there, we've, there is a, a resurgence or rather an emergence of uh, minority filmmakers who are very interested, who are very talented and who are very interested in science fiction. Uh, and I think Hollywood and Netflix, they're just beginning to catch on to realize, hey, we have an untapped source of talent out there that we've been ignoring all these years. Um, Santa Ana has, uh, it's a distress. Oh, 80% of Santa Ana lives under the poverty, at the poverty line. So while the downtown where most of the shops and the festival and the films are there, most of Santa Ana is not in the greatest of shape. So part of our effort to give back to the community was to create an outreach program where a, a challenge, a, a, a dystopian sci-fi filmmaker challenge where we get some of the Santa Ana youth who are interested in sci-fi to put together a short and submit it to us. And the winner, the winners of that, of that competition would be shown on uh, uh, opening night at the festival. Uh, so this will be a way for us to give back and to really uh, reach out to those who, who are looking for a way to express their otherness, their uh, alienation. And uh, since Philip K. Dick, uh, it really represents the things in his life. He was the other, the outsider, you know, he, uh, I think that, and that takes many shapes and forms. It could be an economic outsider, an ethnic outsider. Uh, it could be any group. If you feel we're not part of, of the mainstream, the mainstream is telling you all these things that you just can never be part of that feel strange. Well, film may be a way of expressing those, those sentiments. And, um, you know, we may be tapping into that. Uh, this year, by, I was looking at the films that were selected, and many of the films uh, were uh, directed by either Latino or African-American directors. Um, and they're, you know, and, you know our, our criteria is we watch at a film. We don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know if it's directed by a woman or a man. or It doesn't matter. If it's a good film, it's a good film. Then we go out and show it. Then later, in hindsight, we say, oh, my God, it's like 40% female and 30% Latino. Or 30. This is really a good sign. I mean, it seems like it's not just the – We a lot of people realize the universal message of Philip K. Dick. Uh, it's not just a small group of, of uh, people. It's just more and more across – I see it across different cultures and different countries. In Poland, for example, in France. Philip K. Dick is very popular, very, very popular. A lot of books are in black. Um, in fact, there's a, I think there's a new virtual reality uh, uh, piece on that. So many countries really appreciate Philip K. Dick. Uh, unfortunately, they, it's doing so after his death. I mean, he always felt that, uh, at least back in 77, that... Uh, Europe was a little bit more uh, friendly to his style of writing because it's actually a lot of his writing is not, it wasn't pure, it was more novelistic in nature. He was influenced by uh, a wide variety of writers from Borges to Faulkner to um, uh, Flaubert, so on. So the list goes on. And um, he, uh, in fact, I would say that in some, because the, the speed at which you wrote and the, the kind of the usage of grammar is so unusual that he might be, um, 
there is a stream of consciousness to his writing. Uh, I started reading Ubik, uh, rereading it recently, and after like page eight or nine, I felt like a little bit dissociated. <laughs> so what is going on here? <laughs> so I started looking closely at the syntax, and it's just like Joyce. He starts, he plays with syntax. Uh, instead of a verse, he might use some unusual sci-fi terminology, but and uh, yeah, and I think it's because it wasn't intentional. It's not like he set out to create this kind of a stream of consciousness. He was forced to write constantly because he was being paid by the letter, by the word, yeah. and uh, like pennies. And yet, that's why he wrote over 121 short stories and. It's like most of more than 40, I think 40, 41 novels in his uh, lifetime, nonstop. And sometimes he was on speed because he had to write that fast. <laughs> so clearly when that, when you do, when you move it that fast, your unconscious is doing the talking. Your conscious mind is barely editing and it's, a mind, it's just like this steady stream of unconscious stuff coming out. And well, that's, that's why how I his, like short, his short stories are so unique because yeah. again, no, no beginning, no ending, but this incredibly well thought out middle, uh, and it feels like you get dropped into something, and you hang oh, yeah. down yeah, yeah, yeah. in in a span of like nine or ten minutes. Oh yeah, now, yeah, you drop it, you you dropped into a rabbit hole. All, all of a sudden, you're like wondering where am I? <laughs> and, and then and you hit really, the floor part. really hard at the end. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, it, the, it's really uh, there. There isn't there isn't heavy there isn't heavy um, ego uh, editing there. I mean, I think it's uh, he let his unconscious do the talking. Now, in New York City, uh, for the two days of the festival, there you do have all all day access passes. Uh, uh, for That's the producers right. club on, on Saturday, on on Saturday, I don't know. I don't see one for Thursday, but I may be looking at the wrong. Uh, uh, well, now Thursday is a okay. So Thursday, being that it's uh, uh, part of the museum of the moving image, you uh, people can just buy the tickets directly from the museum. We right. do, however, offering uh, we're offering a festival pass uh, where you get uh, to go to all the museum. Shorts and Producers Club, that's available. We also have a, uh, an all, an access pass for Saturday at the Producers Club. Right. And in 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 addition to individual uh, tickets for every every short that we or feature uh, block that we have. And when you move to California, you have an all access California all access pass, which means you can go to the LA viewings. You can go to the uh, a bell club viewings. You can go to the viewings at the Orange County Museum. Uh, right. All on all on this one pass, which which Get makes all this the, all the parties, all the yeah, all the parties, all the screenings, all the panels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is a very very uh, not expensive event for somebody who wants to sit down and watch films and and see people for four straight days. No, yeah, that's well. We we our goal is to make it affordable, so that people don't have to have to hurt their pocket, uh, or they at least don't have an excuse. Oh, it's too expensive. No, it's not. Compared to other festivals, it's actually less. Our objective is to really get the word out and really reach out to people, uh, 
and and make it so that it doesn't uh, hurt their pocket, your pocketbook. So uh, yes, at California and New York, they're really they're very very reasonable, and uh, you get no. I also, I want to add that uh, we have a special treat for both New York and California is that for the first time since the Dundee Festival, close to fifty percent of the filmmakers will be in attendance. Or just an absolute, I mean, I'm talking about people that are flying from Korea, Japan, Italy, UK, Germany, um, Ireland. It's, it's uh, usually in New York we get, we, we reach in between 20 and 30. But this year, we have close to 50 people, 50 filmmakers. Uh, wow. Since New York, yeah, since New York is a smaller uh, uh, schedule, but we still have 15 or 16 filmmakers that will be present uh, for the New York and, and for short and feature like this one with uh, Bill Paxton. He'll be there. Uh, Tom Huckabee, he'll be there. And he can tell you all, you know, the, the backstory is absolutely wonderful how he worked with uh, Bill Paxton and how they try to get into Morocco and Morocco film authority told him, no, you cannot film Morocco actors from this and he'll tell all that. I'm a very wonderful storyteller. And same for California. We have uh, world premieres and we have short film blocks. Filmmakers will be there, close to 35 in California, over 15 in New York. So chances are any given block, you'll have most of the films, filmmakers present to answer questions and to be part of the, uh, the discussion. Because it's, I think what we want to create is a, an immersive experience. It's not just you're sitting there watching films, but if you have thoughts, ideas, and you share, you can share that with others and with the filmmaker or producer. And uh, this was a mix that so special for uh, for this event. So it's really a uh, uh, an unusual opportunity to meet uh, over close to fifty, yeah. over fifty filmmakers. Yeah. A, a couple of years back, uh, a friend of mine's film, a friend of the show's film, uh, w- was in the festival. And he came back with stories about how wonderful it was and how cool it was. And you literally called me like a week later <laughs> and said, uh, I'd like to come on and talk about next year's uh, festival. And I went, well, yeah, I think we should do that. And it is just a joy, an absolute joy to see how how well this has grown and, and uh, how how much more – important it's becoming and the opportunities that are opening up for people uh, to become a part of it. Daniel, this looks like an absolutely wonderful time. The Philip K. Dick Film Festival will be on the East Coast March 9th, uh, March 7th and 9th, and on the West Coast March 15th, 14th through the 17th. And Mm -hmm. this is not to be missed, not to be missed. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Don, for having me. Well, another hour is coming on, and I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Danabella from uh, the Philadelphia Film Festival and Java for coming in for very briefly at the beginning, and hopefully this will be the, the big return of the guy who likes shiny stuff. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Granite. Keen Comic Con, Plastic City Comic Con, booksandbooze.com, and Comic Art House.com. Visit 
visit Comic Art House for some of the best TV If you're looking for a really good gift book for the rapidly approaching Arbor Day celebration, consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night Sound on Amazon and Barn to your family. The audiobook is now available on Audible. That's where you get Audibles. That's where the audiobooks are. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts. More of his amazing stuff, just look at robwattsonline.com, now with hot sauce. Our outro music was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out their stuff on lawrencemademecry.com. Love and kisses to JoJo and Celine. Talk to you soon. Many thanks to the gang from the Peabody Time Tunnel, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and woman of words, Sombrarian. Thank you, ladies. What was he back? We don't know, but I'm going to thank him anyway. Much appreciation, Java. This is Dome saying Terry and Jeannie shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased, thus do we all refute entropy. We'll talk soon, Stacy. Enjoy the chaos, everyone. I know.